Hey, this is James Cratch, Giants beat writer for the Star Ledger and NJ.com, and you are listening to JK, but seriously, Real Football Injury Talk. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Injury Report hosted by the Heads and Tails podcast, uh, where Josh and I talk about all the latest NFL injuries and hopefully how they can be prevented in the future to kind of preserve the longevity of the sport of football and the athletes uh, who play it. Uh, this is kind of a, a lighter week in terms of headliners and big fantasy implication injuries, uh, but there's still plenty to talk about. But before we get too far, Josh, mm-hmm. uh, I want to start off by talking about what you're most thankful for in this week of oh, – we're in week 11 of the 2017 season, um, which is Thanksgiving for us. So. Most thankful for in the entire world? One, one Number one thing. I'm pretty thankful for you, Kev. Friends in general. I got good friends. Good okay. friends. Good, good supporting cast around me. I respect it. Friends and family. That's a pretty generic answer, but it's true. Yeah. So I, I can't. Best cliches they get. Kevin and I have a big trip planned this weekend coming up. We'll, we'll, we'll be posting lots of pics to the, to the podcast, I'm sure. All-nighter, yeah. We're going to uh, Pittsburgh for the Pittsburgh-Green Bay game. And I was like, yo, we could record this in the car ride home if you want we to. We should do a recording at the game, like a game game, game day, day recording. Yeah. Well, you know I'm bringing my camera, so we'll have some pictures to, to show. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm most thankful for living in a country that allows you to speak your mind and have, and have a voice and, you know, having the uh, ability and the opportunities to kind of, you know, rewrite your – or write your comeback story kind of thing, so – it's That's what one. I'm most yeah. thankful for. Beautiful. I think Very the combination well of the two. Yeah. Uh, is, all right. But enough oh. of that. No one, no one freaking cares that's listening to this. Uh, what the hell we're thankful for. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, starting off with the week 11 injuries. Uh, starting off with Chris Thompson running back for Washington with a fractured fibula. Yeah. So not a lot of huge um, – this is probably the first week that we don't – yeah, we have a couple guys that were out for the year. But this is probably one of the first weeks of not – a numerous amount of major injuries, especially not only from a fantasy standpoint, from just a, a team standpoint. So, uh, like always, there were there were a few injuries, but no no real superstars. Um, but Chris Thompson's a running because there's none left. Yeah, uh, yeah, there are. It, that, that is true. That's a good point. <laughs> you can't get hurt if you're already hurt. Um, so Chris Thompson's a running back for the Redskins. Um, he's been. He's been one of their surprises this year, a really surprised fantasy guy. I think he's been he's probably started on every team um, that owns him for the last couple of weeks. Um, they're really receiving running back. They they started just using him on third downs, and then they started using him on all downs. But uh, he was probably – I think they were, he was their leading receiver, receiver going into yesterday. Caught a, caught a long touchdown pass yesterday out of the backfield. But he – in the second half, he fractured his fibula. So this was one of the ones where – this one's kind of gruesome. He was stock blocking a, yes. a corner. Yeah, and uh, Cousins was uh, scrambling. And they, he got chased down from behind, and the defender who tackled Cousins kind of, like, wrapped him and rolled. and just Rolled up on and, his leg. And yeah. rolled up on him. And you, like, you Pretty can, hard to watch. Yeah, this is one of the tough ones. But, but you can see it. Yeah, one of the things I noticed about this particular injury, and we've talked about this before earlier in the season, is – guys kind of letting up before the play is actually over yeah and in my opinion that's kind of what happened like he was on the stock block he kind of fell off the block and then he's like eh I think it's kind of over he was trying to trickle back onto yeah. the block his and then he back got rolled was, up his on. back was to the to the play too I understand but I'm saying like if you're actually like driving your feet yes. and driving the defender and staying on your block the whole time like I don't think that particular injury happens but no I I, I agree with you in that aspect of I don't gave up has a bad connotation yeah, it's just like it sounds bad, but I but I know what you mean. Like, loaf, not even not even, loaf has a bad combination. <laughs> Eased up <laughs> or like something something small where he let his guard down. You know what I mean? Maybe he was tired. Maybe, but but I can and in this aspect, like I said, his his back was to it, so it was it was definitely unexpected. But at the same time, like we've said, it's one of those things where you let your guard down for a second out there, or you try to ease up for a second, and that's when you um, you let yourself be open to injuries. Right. I mean, that's one of the biggest things I've noticed about offensive line injuries because this is a typical – I know he's a running back, but you see a lot of offensive linemen who get rolled up on, you know, and that's how a lot of offensive linemen get hurt. They also have their back to the play a lot yeah. of the times too. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Naturally, yeah. 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 So, like the the Seahawks, Dwayne Brown who got hurt last week on the Thursday night game, rolled up on. Uh, the Cowboys, Tyron Smith who's been out, who kills them that he's not playing, rolled up on. And – to some 
for me, some aspect of it is, and like we talked about Joe Thomas, how he he played 10,000 snaps and never got hurt. You don't see your better offensive linemen getting rolled up on as much. Remember, like eight years ago, when the Steelers ha- always had a terrible offensive line, it seemed like not only were they not very not all pro or not really good offensive linemen, it seemed like they're always getting hurt too. Like when you're constantly getting pushed back, I feel like you're or getting overpowered. You're yeah, you're, you're putting you're, yourself in a vulnerable position. Yeah. If you're moving up forward, yes. you're kind of like going with momentum. Yeah. So not to say it's written in stone that the offensive lineman can't get hurt, but the Trends. last. Yeah, but the last two, three years where the Steelers' offensive linemen has have been bet they've been better offensive linemen. They've been pretty good. It seems like they don't get rolled up on as often as it used to when they didn't have good guys in there. But like you said, yeah, it's a, I don't want to say give up, but it's definitely it was definitely an unexpected thing. It was a gruesome one, so it's right. Careful if you're watching it. Uh, yep. As always, go on the website uh, to see all the videos. We have videos for most of these injuries this week. Uh, next injury up is Alex Okafor, defensive end for New Orleans with a torn Achilles. This video is kind of like doesn't on, uh, doesn't, doesn't look, look ba- like anything. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. look bad at all. Like I had to double check to make sure I was watching the right number. Like that's how innocent it looks. Right. Um. To my was that the guy who got hurt? But um, it was. It looked like it's kind of zoomed out, but it looked like I wasn't sure if he got stepped on or planted and stepped on at the same time. Was it his plant leg? I think so. Was it left or right? Do you know? I think it was his right one. Yeah, that was the one he planted yeah. on. He didn't even get hit on that yeah. leg. Yeah. It looked like he kind of got, might have gotten stepped on. Maybe not. I can't tell. Um, lots of Achilles, though. Yeah, that's it. We, year, we had yeah. a couple more this week too. But so this one, and this is this. I wanted to bring up the the Alex Okafor one for this point. So he's a defensive end for the Saints, and he's had a he's had a great year for them. So he's um, he's got like five or six sacks, got a couple fumble recoveries. Um, so he's been one of their big defensive guys this year and the Saints their defense has been really good um surprisingly and kind of uncharacteristically obviously they've won eight games in a row they're eight and two now um they've been playing well and he's been besides Marshawn Lattimore their rookie corner he's probably been their best defensive player so he's a fifth year player he played for the Cardinals for the first four years of his career and never was uh a consistent starter or a breakout and a pro bowler anything really uh, outstanding. So he signed this offseason with the Saints for a one-year contract. One year, $3 million, which is about average for a – I'd take it. Yeah, yeah, obviously. But for a, for a, a fifth-year guy, that's about the going rate for a, a DN who's played a little bit, not a lot, hasn't started every game. Um, but that being said, so this year he's having a Pro Bowl, All-Pro year, signing – Basically, when he signs a one-year contract, he's betting on himself. He was getting paid. Yes, exactly. But he's he's gonna say, okay, I'm I'm good with a one-year contract. I know I know I can play. Whatever it didn't work in the last place, but if I go out and and ball out, okay, now I'm, I can get paid after next year, whether it's in New Orleans again or somewhere else. So it, to me, it's like when people, especially when fans of teams, complain about guys holding out. Like that's why like, this is why guys like this guy can't hold out. Right, like he has no leverage to hold out, or obviously he signed a one-year deal. Like right. he, that's what he was getting. Um, I just, to me, when fans get mad at guys for for holding out, it's like they know at any time they can. This could happen to him. Yeah, yeah. and then and what's so even as good of a year he's he were having for his first ten games, he's not going to get as much money as he would have if he gotten all six games. Damaged goods. They went to the Super Bowl, so he's going to look at okay, now he's going to have to sign another one-year deal. Well, okay, maybe a little bit more money. Maybe he maybe he'll get four or five million dollars from 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 somewhere next year. But he's got to sign another one one year deal and try to hope. Okay, now he's one year older. So instead of being twenty six and on his second contract, now he's twenty seven and on his third contract. It's like a used car salesman, dude. It's I'd be, but it's tough. So like I, this is just to me, it was one of those things why, where, um, as a as a fan, I I've become a lot more hesitant to. Um, blame guys or get upset when guys hold out. Like you got to get your money, especially in this sport. You got to get your money. No guaranteed money. No, not at all. Uh, another Achilles is uh, Deonta Foreman. I don't know if I said that right. Yeah, I did. Yep. I'm pretty good at guessing lately. You've been you've been a lot better. Gain, as the years gain some gone confidence. Uh, running back for Houston. This is another one is like sniper. 
yeah. in the in the end zone. In the end zone. Like this one, I, I don't want to make light of this, but this always like you see this every once in a while where a guy scores a touchdown but gets hurt on the touchdown, and then like it's football, you scored a touchdown. So all of his like offensive linemen buddies and up. he's down there on the ground, like clearly in a lot of pain. He just tore his Achilles, and like his buddies all come down and like try to pick him up and they're like slapping his helmet and slapping his head. It, it was it was a long touchdown. It was like thirty yeah, it was legit. thirty five or forty yards. And it's just like that much stink even – not that it doesn't stink already for that guy, but it's just like – it's funny to see how, like, happy, yes, no. how, how happy every, everybody else is and you can – and now he's – Something's on, obviously yeah. wrong, yeah. Because like even if you get a little banked up on a touchdown, like the adrenaline from scoring a yeah. touchdown kind of like masks the pain. But yeah. like when you're rolling on the ground, obviously it's uh, a little more than that. Yeah. Uh we gotta we gotta try to find some trends on these Achilles injuries. There's so many. It's crazy. A guy on the NFL radio called in today and said he played in college, and it was because the field turf is is softer. The softer field turf is calling all causing all the Achilles injuries. No bullshit. That's what he said. What's his background? I don't think he had one. He just played football. I think. Oh, he didn't say where. He didn't say when. He said he played football. Yeah, sure. It was very if you didn't say where, it wasn't anywhere good. Very I'll very tell you that. Uh, all right. Next injury which was nowhere to be found on Twitter for a video, is Jay Cutler's concussion quarterback for Miami. Um. So Jay Cutler uh, got a concussion. He, like, like I said, the, these concussion ones, kind of like uh, Devontae Freeman last week, you just can't find anywhere. Like whether it's – if it's not a huge knockout hit, like a penalty – it's so hard to find. Or if it's not like a good play for the other team when it's just like a highlight that you can find a lot of times. It's like when it comes out like a, a week or a week or not a week, like a drive or two later, it just it's hard to it's hard to find these things. I mean, regardless, it doesn't truly matter whether we see it or not. But it's interesting to kind of see how bad it looks and kind of see if we can take something from it. But um, so yeah, we couldn't find anything on that, but there's a, there's an article about how Jay Cutler took $10 million to come out of the, uh, boot. He was going to announce games this year. Um, and then when Tannehill got hurt, they uh, called him up, they called him up and he said he'd play. So he could be announcing games this year, no risk of injury. It's probably a lot less money, but he could still probably be, be doing pretty good for himself announcing games, but he's now he's got uh, broken ribs and a concussion in 10 games. And they're four and six, three and six, three and seven. Not good. Whatever it is, it's 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 pretty not good for for the for the Dolphins fans. And his wife came out and said that she hated football. Basically, she made that uh, known on Instagram. Yeah, social media, TMZ. But she literally said, "Sometimes I wish I could just say how I really feel about this football shit." Dot dot dot, and give commentary about what I'm really thinking. With a lot of L's. Lots of L's. I mean, it could be – obviously, it could be anything. She could be mad at the coach. She could be mad at the offensive lineman. Talking about the team? Yeah. What but, team? Yeah, you never know, though. But obviously, it doesn't sound good. But All right. I've never been a Jay Cutler fan, I'm not going to lie. Well, he's very he, – He doesn't get it. He doesn't get excited. No. It's not that he doesn't care. No. It's just that he doesn't express himself. He's very indifferent looking at all times. And he's coming – It's like an Eli. Uh, worse than that. Worse than an Eli. Yeah, I think he's worse than that. Because he's come out and said he doesn't care, basically. Eli, no, or Jay Cutler yeah. says that he doesn't care. Yeah, so uh, he's a, uh, and he's not. He's like where do you play Vanderbilt? Vanderbilt, and he's like your ultimate average quarterback. N- like not great, not terrible. Good arm, can make some cool throws, but like he's never gonna, never gonna take your team to the Super Bowl. Right. All right, another concussion. Johnny Holton, wide receiver for Oakland, uh, basically slammed his head into the ground, yeah. going up for. A catch. Yeah. So he came back in the game. Uh, your boy Chris Nowinski tweeted about this one too, and it's just like I understand how he can be upset about all of these, but at the same time, it's like how like we can't like we're not there. We can't know. You know, as much as you would want to say, okay, he got got into concussion protocol. He probably shouldn't come back in the game. Like I. I I don't know if I can judge that anymore. You know what I mean? So he went out and missed a missed a couple drives and then came back in the second half. So obviously, whatever they did, they were okay with him coming back in the second half. Whether it's is that right or not? Is that I don't like think a, we can I don't think we know yet. Is that a delayed onset of symptoms type deal? 
Because he's in concussion protocol now, you're saying. No, no, no. He got he immediately went off is what I'm saying. But then he went back in. Yes. Yeah, he went. He missed. So as soon as that play happened, he went into concussion protocol. I, or that's what they said on the on the broadcast. And missed the next, I think, two drives or quarter. Or, right. So, so he immediately it seems went like out. they went through the right process. Yes, at least. to yeah. me. And so it's hard for – obviously, I think he tweeted right at the time, like as soon as the play happened. Like, oh, he can't go back in the game. But at what point is it? not our place anymore to be watching at home saying as long as he misses x amount of time whether it's right so you a know drive he went through the proper yeah, they tried at least yes. yeah at, at what point can we can we stop saying oh he shouldn't be playing anymore i mean when he comes back in the in the second half like obviously they did everything that they needed to do and i mean right. this, this this guy's not a superstar he's their fourth receiver he's another so, guy probably trying to fight for milk yeah. out there and obviously he's all these guys are going to say they want to go back in the game but from a from a team standpoint um from the raiders it's like if he didn't if he didn't play the rest of the game it's not it's not ending it's the game's not over for them you know it's, it's not like a, he's an irreplaceable guy but at the same time it's just like i it's it's become harder for all the concussion stuff. It's as long as they go through the process and there's an elapsed period of time long enough for them to for me to perceive that they went through the entire process. Then, I think you have to be okay with yeah, it. Then, then yeah, then it's then you gotta just be like, Okay, that was that was the decision. The ones that upset me more are the ones like last week where they go back like the Colts guy, where he goes back in the game and then after the game he comes out and, and they say he's in the protocol. Or the Russell Wilson thing when he basically chooses himself. One's a little more borderline, but still, as long as if he misses a a quarter or a couple drives, and then they put him back in the game, like there's nothing we can do at that point, you know. Right. At least we like like you said, we we know that they either did what they were supposed to do, or they waited enough time to make it seem like they did what they were supposed to do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, another concussion, which is uh, kind of out of the ordinary for sure. Uh, Jake Elliott, the kicker from Philadelphia, trying to make a, a tackle kicker on a kicker concussion. Yeah, kicker turn. Don't really hear about those. No. So obviously he got trucked. Yeah, he did. He got hit pretty hard. The uh, um, returner for the Cowboys dropped his shoulder pretty good, and he and the, that guy Switcher. He's not a big guy. He's he's pretty small, but um, he just dropped his shoulder right into his chin. So Elliott. Not that he. I guess he, he's a kicker. So I mean, he stayed in the game. He kicked a field goal. He kicked an extra point, made it, the first drive. So the Cowboys kicked a field. That was the opening kickoff of the game. That was the first play of the game. Okay. The Cowboys kicked a field goal on that drive. I think they might have gotten one first down. It was quick. Um, the Eagles went right down the field, scored a touchdown. He kicked the extra point. Um, and then the next drive, the Eagles got the ball back. They got back in the red zone, and he missed a short field goal. Like I think it was 34 yards. Um, he didn't miss it by a lot. He didn't whiff or anything. He didn't miss it by a lot. He just barely missed the field goal. And then after he missed the field goal, um, he didn't come back out for – I think he kicked off and then he didn't kick again for the rest of the game. Oh, real convenient. So, and it's obviously it's – I know. Like he I'm missed kidding, a kiss. Dude, he kick, I'm he got a concussion. But um, – You could tell he got freaking rocked. Yes. But I, he it, kinda, he it was went, one of those things where he must have said something. To me, there's no way that they go back a quarter later and say, ooh, hey. that hit looked bad. Are you okay? He, uh, which, which is a good thing from thinking about it, even though he's a kicker, that he's self-reporting it. Because if, he, if it was someone on the field who said something or one of the independent people, um, I mean, you would think they would have done it right away. I mean, he's a kicker. He's not going right back on the field. You have the whole – you right. have a whole drive to look at it and test him if you think at all anything happened. So, obviously, I don't think he got tested or they did anything until he said something after he missed a field goal, which yeah, is he, fine. But He was kind of going after that tackle a little like, eh, I'm just trying to get in the way. Uh, I'm just trying to, uh, you know, like throw my body out there, and he got trucked. Well, they don't practice it at all. I know, but it looks like uh, my boy Mason Crosby from Green Bay practices yeah. because he freaking threw in a tackle this week that looked pretty damn good, if you ask me. He had a good one. Um, but so that'll also be in the in the show notes <laughs> for for the rest of the game. This is the interesting part: the Eagles had to use a uh, a linebacker to do kickoffs, and he actually got two two touchbacks. The linebacker kicked two touchbacks. That's legit. All the kickoffs, but they didn't let him kick any field goals. They went for two every time, and they went for it on fourth down in the red zone every time too. And it it, it worked because they scored thirty seven points. So they, they should just to me, I don't think they should they should play every game. As soon as you get inside the fifty, four downs. No field goals, go for two every time. They were three for four on two-point conversions. Well, isn't there, like, stats that back that up? 
in I in high school because it's only been like going for it on fourth down every time. Yeah. Yes, but it's hard to say kind of because it, the, the 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 place that that stats come from is high, like only high school teams have ever and like division three teams have tried it have done it like consistently. Right. So it's it's a little harder to say. But for them, for those teams that and worked, like going for two. Yeah. Yeah. But is it that those teams are just better? Like the talent gap in high school is a lot wider. So for me, it's a little you can bit get away with it. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's a little bit harder to say. Um, it could definitely translate to uh, high college or um, NFL. I mean, the Steelers went went through a phase where they were going for two every time. They kind of have backed off that a little bit this year. But um, if you think your offense is good enough, then do it. I remember the Steelers doing that, or at least talking about that. Uh, all right, does that wrap it up for the week eleven injuries? We, missed, we got we missed one. What one we missed? Cal, the Calvin Benjamin one. Oh, all right, Calvin Benjamin, wide receiver for Buffalo. Uh, yeah, injured his right knee. This one's kind of hard to watch. Not terrible to watch. Not like yeah. a Wills McGahee, but like you could no. tell he could probably hurt hurt himself. He was going over the middle, planted, and got a knee to the. Or, wasn't uh, defenseless. The yeah, no. wasn't defenseless. No. Yeah, he was a runner at that point in time. Yeah. So they said today that he avoided any ligament damage. So no MCL, no ACL. It's like a hyperextension. Yeah, seemed like a, it's probably a bruise and hyperextended. So they made it sound like he's going to be out for a week or two, but um, uh, he's he's a guy that hasn't really he hasn't stayed fully healthy. And obviously, he just got traded from the Panthers to the Bills at the trading deadline to be uh, one of the Bills guys uh, to kind of hopefully carry them to the playoffs. And uh, the Bills tried to bench their starter and play a, a rookie quarterback this week, and he threw five interceptions in the first half. That didn't work out too yeah, well. So it made the coach look look like an idiot. <laughs> I, you're I, an idiot. I felt I felt bad for the coach more than I felt bad for the quarterback. If you're a quarterback, okay, you throw five interceptions. It it happens. Does it stink to happen in your first game? Yeah. But like he'll play again at some point. It's not like he's never gonna play again. But the coach is like, Okay, we're five and four. Five and four is not good enough. We're a better team than this. Benching our quarterback. Of being a first year, first time coach, first first year coach with this team, and then the guy that they the guy that he decided was the better option throws five interceptions in the first half. Now everyone's just saying how bad of a coach he is. Go bad for the guy. I don't think he's a bad coach. He could just, look like a hero if he went the other way. Five, oh, exactly. Five touchdowns. Exactly. Yeah. If he if he came out and threw five touchdowns in the first half, then they'd be saying, "Why the hell didn't you start yeah, him week one?" He would be saying he's a genius, this guy. But all right. So now we're wrapped up with the injuries. Yeah, I think that's it for the injuries. Okay. Now we got week 11 plays, and this is an interesting one. We got the Jacksonville punt returner with a hit that wasn't technically illegal on the Cleveland gunner on the punt team. Yes. And basically, like, the scenario is the gunners are on, like, the outside of the formation, and their job is to, like, go directly to the return man. And in this particular situation – the the punt returner was like had his heels on like the five yard line, so he was probably trying to deke you know the defenders to make them think that he was going to catch it or whatever instead of the gunners trying to like go for the ball and keep it out of the end zone. So while this was going on, the gunner was looking up at the ball trying to keep it out of the end zone, and then he gets freaking depleted by the punt returner who keeps him from keeping the the football out of the end zone. Uh, No flag on the play, and after further looking at the rules, it seems like that was the right call. Yeah, it's a legal play. So it's it's just funny because looking at the hit, it looks worse – not worse, but it looks as bad as a lot of the defenseless receiver, wide receiver hits that we talk about. They're trying so hard to take those hits out of the game. Um, One of the – I found a tweet tweet on Twitter. um, One of the – guys who covers the Jags for ESPN saying hey, what, a, what a great heads-up play it is and how great of a football play it is. So the rule technically is if you're the punt returner, you can block as long as you don't call for a fair catch. So if he calls for a fair catch and then blocks the guy, it's a personal foul. But if Makes he, sense. But if he doesn't call for a fair catch, he can block. I mean, it, to me, it doesn't make any sense. Like, like – but a lot of times, and it just it's it's such an unnecessary play in the sense that you can do. Um, there's a couple different things you can do that a lot of times have the same result. Okay, not maybe a hundred percent. You're not a hundred percent sure they have the same result as taking taking the guy off his feet, obviously. But a lot of times you'll see guys call fair catch and run up 
You know what I mean? So like they're at the five yard line and they're they're waving fair catch and they're running up like towards the ten to, get to the fifteen because they're trying to get the people to follow them. Obviously, because if I'm running up to the ten, you're hoping the gunners are going to come with me because they think I'm going to catch it. Yeah, them. you deke them. Yeah, so it'll go over my head and it'll uh, and it'll be a touchback. Um, and some, but sometimes you can't. Sometimes like in this situation, he got stuck um, too close to the goal line. Um, whereas if you're calling a care fair catch there. I mean, the gun, the gunners are going to get right next to you and catch the ball, and you're going to have to get out. Eventually, you're going to have to get out of the way because you can't stand too close to where the ball is coming down. So if it's landing inside the five, you got to get out because right. it could bounce anywhere. If it, it hits hit you, you yeah. if it hits you, it could be a touchdown. So if you get stuck too deep, your only option is to really block the guy. Right. But it's just it's it, it's this is a kind of it's just a hypocritical thing that. But based off of the true definition of what a defenseless receiver is yeah. in the rule book, he that the gunner is not a defenseless receiver despite because, the fact that he's looking up at the ball. Because he's not entitled to – he's not the first one entitled to the football. Right. Technically. It's a good way to put it. But still, it's just it, – if you're the NFL, like, you know this play exists. You've seen it. It happens probably 10 to 12 times a year, you know. Like, it's, this, isn't, this isn't the first time this has, this has ever happened. You just make such a big deal out of the wide receiver plays, and I mean, if you watch games and you see something like this happen, it's like, how is that not a penalty? Right. It's yeah. It's not consistent with their message that they're trying to portray. Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. I think at the end of this play, or just what, that we're talking about it, is that the NFL kind of needs to add that little yeah nugget into the definition of a defenseless receiver because it, it really yeah. is. Punt returners cannot block gunners. You got either got a fair catch or you get it out of the way. Yeah, you know if if they're if they're not gonna let the gunners hit you like that, you can't be allowed to hit the gunners like that. Exactly. It's not. I mean, it's not hard. No one's gonna complain about it. I mean, it's not even that good of a football play. You're like you're taking out a guy who's not paying attention. Yo, sweet dude. Yeah, like, you're real tough. Great. I mean, I, and technically, I mean, it helps. It's a big advantage for that team if it's a touchback compared to. I mean, it's huge advantage between starting at the 20 and starting inside your five-yard line. Yeah. Especially in the snow and the wind like that game was in. But, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's just another example of the inconsistency of the NFL, of something that isn't so rare that it's n- not their fault that they've never even thought of it. Like, it happens, and it happens a decent amount. Right. So, All right. Next hit was uh, another Kiko Alonso back at it. Misses a hit on Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um only because Ryan Fitzpatrick ducked at the last second. Yeah. <laughs> Credit him for the the ninja-like reflexes. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick sa- saved himself on this one. But to me, this one was worse than the Kiko Alonso play because uh, the Joe Flacco you, play, yeah. obviously. He's the same player. Both Kiko Alonso. But, but to the Joe Flacco one, I really honestly didn't think, okay, maybe he went a little low. Um, but I'd, I wasn't – I wasn't – it didn't bother me how hard he went in or I just I honestly think it was because Flacco was in the process of going down and kind of like yeah. half went down yeah I think I think it looked a lot worse than um it actually was but like this play okay so it's second and goal from the eight Fitzpatrick's at the 10 he's not going to score a touchdown obviously okay it looks like he's going to run he could if you ease up he could he could pull back and throw it at the same time but I mean he's he missled himself at the quarterback and like high too, like yes. he was head hunting. Yes, if 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 he hit if he hit Fitzpatrick, he would have been out. I was surprised that they threw a flag on it. To be honest, just from the aspect of he didn't really he didn't really hit him. Right, and he didn't really lead with his head. He led with his whole like he led with his kind of elbow, arm, shoulder. Do you get flagged for intent? I guess that's what I, that's what I was thinking. I mean, they called him for unnecessary roughness, but he didn't make he didn't really make contact with him at all. So, I mean, if I'm a Dolphin fan, I can be upset that that was, uh, that was called a penalty because he didn't really hit him. But it's what kind of what we talked about with the Devontae Adams hit and the Flacco hit. If this play isn't talked about at all today because Fitzpatrick somehow ducked it. If he didn't duck it and he was knocked out, it would have been everywhere. Uh, uh, Kiko Alonso, second offense, taking out a quarterback. It's like, but just because Flack or uh, Fitzpatrick somehow didn't get hit, no one talks about it. Just like, 
it's another thing that's just kind of hypocritical to me. Without everyone's going to come out and attack uh, the NFL and attack this guy when when you see it, but then when you don't see it, you like because to me a lot of a lot of these media guys don't watch the games; they watch the highlights. So like they don't they won't never even, see something they don't like even that, play yeah. a see like this. Play, play, see a play like this. Well, based off of looking at the the Twitter comments and threads that are going on. Dolphin fans do not like this guy. No, he's not very uh, – I don't want to say he's not very good. It's hard for me to say that, but – He got a big contract. Yeah. And he's not really performing to he, that contract. He had a really good rookie year in, in Buffalo. He got traded for LaShawn McCoy to the Eagles. Didn't do very well. And then the Eagles got rid of him and traded him to the Dolphins. Um, now the Dolphins paid him a lot of money and – He's undersized. He flies around like this, but he, a lot of the times he's out of control and not in coverage. And he can't cover anybody out of out of, out of the backfield or a wide receiver. So uh, the one thing I read was he got targeted eleven times yesterday in coverage. Yeah, they're picking on him. Ten catches for a hundred and thirty some yards. Mm, that's probably why they're picking on him. But like this play, it was just like to me. It it, it kind of seeing this, it makes me want to change how I felt about the Flacco hit. Because you think that that was his intent going yes. into it, yeah. right? Yeah, it was easy for me to defend him in in the situa- in a one off situation about Flacco, but now seeing seeing this one, it's it's harder to defend either one of them because I I just think he's out of control. That's a good point. I just think he just he like he's flying around and he's and like I said he's he's whatever happens happens. He's, right. not, he's not in control of his body, which is what leads to a lot of the plays like this. Exactly. And for him, he's just lucky that he didn't hit. He's he's lucky that he didn't hit Fitzpatrick. Or else he would have been fined, yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe he might have even got suspended for that one. Uh all right, next hit. This is the one that I missed. I like this one. This, this is good, cool. right? I roll, said it, roll reversal. I said it right away when it happened because uh, I was watching the game with with Liz, and she was like, what are you talking about? I was like, defenseless defender. Yeah. Never seen that before. Explain the hit there, Josh. So the Chiefs ran a trick play um, in the in the Chiefs-Giants game yesterday. There was two interceptions by non-quarterbacks, which has to be some kind of a record in the NFL. Um, Giants running back through an interception on the first drive, and then Travis Kelsey – the Chiefs uh, tight end threw an interception. So it was one of those like quick wide receiver screens. Quick a screen. bomb down the field. Yeah, so they set up, they set Kelsey up wide. He drops, takes like two steps back. Alex Smith throws in the ball. And then Kelsey sets up to throw a bomb. I guess he was a quarterback in high school. So, I mean, he threw it like probably 55 yeah. yards. It was it was a bomb. Yeah, I was but impressed. He threw it to nobody. So the Giants He's wanted to air it out just yeah. so people knew yeah. he could. I I I knew as soon as cuz you see that this play happen a lot of times and whoever is the non-quarterback throwing the ball, whether it's wide receiver or You make it happen. Or, you get that ball in your hand, back. you get a chance, you make it happen. Yeah. There's some guys <laughs> who will like tuck it. If it's not there, they'll just eat it. They'll eat it, eat the couple yard loss. And there's some guys like Travis Kelsey, as soon as his arm went back, I was like, he's throwing this no matter what. Like he, there could be all 11 guys down there. He's going to throw it. And sure enough, he did. So he threw it and Landon Collins, the safety for the giants, basically um, set up like he was catching a punt. Like he was underneath it, honestly. And the wide receiver who was the intended receiver on the play um, after Collins caught it, hit him in the head. And they threw a flag, and they called a defenseless receiver penalty on the wide receiver for hitting the defensive back. Imagine if they didn't call that, though. The defenders would freaking go off. I I don't think at the time they would have because it's it's an interception and, and defenders I know, get, but they're always talking about how it's hard for the defenders and this and that. Yeah, I'm sure after the game, at the time of the play, I think they would have been too busy freaking out about the interception to say anything. But I I, I didn't hear anything if it's the right call or not. I mean – the rule doesn't technically say the defenseless receiver has to be on offense. So I guess it was the right call. Um, but like I said, it was just, it was funny for me to see. That's them, the first time I've ever seen that. make the call a wide receiver hitting a defenseless. Because in order to make the call, I mean, you're saying that the wide receiver isn't making a play on the ball, technically, which he wasn't because the giant guy caught it. And the defender has to clearly – Almost like I said, be catching a punt. Almost there has there's no chance of a wide receiver making the play. He's the only one that has a chance to catch it, which was. But there are those situations, like yeah, exactly like this one where, you know, 
the wide receiver becomes a defender because you're just trying to yes. jostle the ball out so they don't make the catch because you know that you're not going to catch it, so you got to make sure they don't catch it. Yeah, and and we've I've seen a lot more just from watching games this year. I've seen the NFL do call a lot more offensive pass interference calls. Um, most of the time, it's been on wide receivers at the top of their break pushing off, but you see that type of play all the time where uh, whether it's an underthrow or a badly thrown ball where the defender has a better chance of catching it than the wide receiver does. And the wide receiver will mug the guy, not a defensive hit, but he's all over the guy. So he doesn't intercept it and intercept it and they don't call and there's no flag on it. Um, which is if it was the other way around, it would have been pass interference. Right. But since it's the offensive guy all over the defensive guy, um, sometimes they don't call that, but yeah, this, this was an interesting one and a very rare, it has to be the perfect situation like this. And it's we probably won't see that again. And, um, I would say a few years. Great find, Joshua. Uh, okay, we're going to finish up the this podcast with a few updates. Um, can you give us an update on the, the Russell Wilson concussion protocol? Yeah, so this died down a little bit. It, it was, it's almost become a punchline for the concussion protocol, which is a bad thing for the NFL, obviously. It's like a blanket term, you mean, or – as like uh, the worst way to deal with concussions or pretending like you don't have a concussion or, I mean, it's the Seahawks. So whenever someone doesn't do or is, isn't viewed as using the uh, concussion protocol correctly, they're pulling a Seahawks or they're pulling a Russell Wilson or something like that. So, which is the worst. Where'd you possible. hear that? I've, I heard it just a couple of times. And oh, okay. Like just passing. Um, but it's a, it's one of the worst possible things for the NFL, like, just another way the concussions are becoming um, not a joke, but a topic of conversation in a negative way. So I just think it's interesting too that you know, like the Seahawks are known for their like Seahawks tackling method to like prevent concussions, yeah. and like they teach youth coaches yeah, like yeah. the proper tackling techniques. Mm-hmm. It's like, is that like a PR stunt too? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it, honestly, it, it could be, but. So the update is that there's no update. The update is that there should be a ruling this week is what they're saying, that by the middle of the week the NFL should have a if ruling. If they get fined $150,000. Basically, or whatever the punishment is. Um, but So Rich Eisen was talking about this last week. Great I, points made. I think it was Friday. It might have been the day after the game. or It was either Monday or Friday. Uh, it was early last week. I think it was Monday because I remember when you sent it to me, I was like, oh, that would have been cool to put in there. Yeah. 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 So I might have actually put it in. but So – and Rich Eisen, I mean, he basically just went off about how bad bad it looked, which which it was right, and how easily it can change, um, or how easily it doesn't have to happen like that. Um, obviously, he's on NFL Network. He's paid by the NFL. He's an he's uh, basically an employee. But he was what he was saying is there's no way that the lead official who has a mic to the league offices in New York City can't be in communication with somebody um, that's telling him when a player comes off the field for a concussion, um, if he comes back on the field, okay, it's a penalty, right? 15-yard penalty, you said. Lost it down. And a loss of a timeout like you would do if you lost a A challenge. challenge, Yeah. Yeah. So because at in the moment of the game, the Seahawks won – no one making the decision on the sideline um, is affected by a $150,000 team fine. You know what I mean? Or a loss of draft pick. Okay, That's going to be mainly the GM's problem. Okay, So no one down on the field is really um, thinking about that or worrying about that. So if they do something wrong in terms of the concussion protocol and they end up getting in trouble by the league, um, in the moment of the game – it's not a penalty for them, you know. There's, there's no, there's no repercussion, yeah. no accountability. Yeah, there's no hindrance for them to, for them to stop it and make sure it's right. Whereas, say if, we're on a Super Bowl run, hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, it's worth it. Okay, we got to win a game. Yeah. So if it's a penalty and a loss of down, then or a loss of a timeout, then maybe there's someone down there. Um, that would be more willing to make sure the entire process is a little more incentive, right. yeah. But just like he said, with all the technology that is on the field with everybody, with the officials and the coaches and all the communication that they have, they, this shouldn't happen, especially when the head official is the one who took the guy off the field in the first place. Right. 
Yep, I, I, I hear you, dude. This this kind of reminds me of a, a project I did in grad school for my capstone project. It kind of compared, like, dangerous industries, like coal mining, construction. They, these all, all these things have, like, health and safety management systems, like, in place. And a part of these management systems is having, like, a site safety manager or a site safety officer to kind of ensure that all of these processes that are implement like, that are put in place – are actually implemented and are actually like being followed yeah. uh, to serve as accountability. So to me, having that earpiece, uh, you know, to the league office or whatever uh, would be that accountability factor and almost serve as like a site safety manager to make sure that, yes, you are doing this the way that it was collectively bargained or whatever. Yeah. Like, to me, there could be one of one, one guy on each sideline that is that is that. Um, that isn't a team employee. Yep. He's, he's a league employee, like an um, OSHA. <laughs> like. Well, maybe, maybe it's just maybe it's a referee. Maybe it's. Um, I, I'm pretty sure the, the referees rotate, and I think there's one or two groups, teams, whatever they call them, um, that are off every week. So maybe you hire eight more refs, and you make one one of the rotating um, refs that aren't doing a game. Are there on each of the sidelines for those games? Um, because to me, I don't think you can make it as part of the team. And they really, really publicize these um, unaffiliated neurotrauma. Neuro, um, yeah, neurologists, yeah. sideline neurologists. And to me, they did it so they could start making commercials about them, which they did last year. Remember they, they, yeah. those commercials about the guys who are watching the game and we have the ability to call down and it's like the f- making football yeah. safe com- commercials. But to me, that they those commercials make them more look worse than if they just didn't put them yeah, yeah. on in the first place. Yeah. Like it's ingenuine when you do. Yes. When you have to promote it because because obviously I watching probably an average of three or four games, full games a week for fifteen out of seventeen weeks. How many times do you see a player? Did they stop the game and? They get a player off the field that doesn't want to come off the field or isn't. I've never seen I, it once. I I've seen I think I've seen it once in two years, where the the officials called an official timeout and they made a guy go off the field because of a hit that looked bad. They don't do it, and now and that's what they're supposed to be their job. So, um, if you make an official one on each sideline who is that site safety supervisor um, that isn't okay, so m- maybe he's working with the He's in contact with the neurotrauma guy, and maybe he's on the sideline, so he can't watch the plays. But maybe they, maybe that doctor's more likely to call down now, because how how likely is the doctor to watch a replay two or three times, and then two or three plays later call down, stop the game, and take a guy off the field who's still playing for something that happened three plays ago? To me, that's why it doesn't happen. And if it looks bad enough at the time, the trainers come out and they come off the field. But if they see a hit that doesn't look bad enough for the trainers to come out on the field they're not going to review it and then a couple plays later take a guy off the field right maybe they'll do it when they come off the field for whatever the end of the drive is but like i said if you if you have that supervisor site manager on the sideline um maybe it's his job to ensure the safe the concussion protocols are being followed ensure the trainers are using the tent the right way Ensure when somebody comes off the field before he gets tested, he's the one that has the helmet. He's got a little bin. He can have a helmet bin. And helmet he, jail. And he can, yeah, and he can take the helmets out of jail when they've cleared. Uh, the trainers have to put the helmets in there, and if they're clear, they can come take it back out and they can go on the field. Like, this stuff isn't hard. Like, if we can think of this stuff, they can think of it. And to me, like we just mentioned before, like, these things are already in place in, like, other industries. They're just not adopted into football because it's a sport. Like, well, is it? Do they not want to pay uh, a referee another game check? Like, is do yeah. they not want is to that, hire more employees? Yeah. I don't know. Like, to me, it's something that I could see I really believable. Think, I don't think a couple of extra referees are going to affect their bottom line all that much. It's but. not, but like, I could see that being a reason. As I mean, not that they'll ever come out and say it, but the NFL being like, I don't really want to hire four more employees. Right, week. but but think about this. All right, say you have the site safety manager who makes sure that all these processes go in place then you don't have guys like me and you talking about how they did everything wrong and how they don't care every week they don't care about me and you Uh, yeah one day someday (laughs) they're gonna be like oh that kevin sam kid you just shut the hell up we would be all right i agree it's just 
like you said, sometimes it's too obvious to not be followed. And it's like, how is, how is this not a thought of theirs? And if it is a thought of theirs, why, why can they not do it? Because like you said, like the neurotrauma specialist to me, it's like, okay, what positions can we make up or what can we do that's going to optically public perception wise look the best to the public? So I feel like to the public having a doctor, a brain doctor at every game sounds a lot better than having a ref on the sideline as a safety manager. You know what I mean? Sounds it sounds not as a, sexy. Yeah, no, it's not. It sounds a lot better. Right, we got a we got a brain we got a brain specialist watching all the games. If anything happens, he's gonna he's gonna know. Yep. And he's gonna be able to fix it right away. <laughs> That's, but I know what you mean. So it's it's frustrating in that aspect more than anything else. All right. I think that that about wraps it up. Or do we no, what we got? We got so what, one more thing left? Last thing quick, yeah. So Steelers Titans last Thursday night. Um regardless of the outcome of the game, no major injuries. Maybe one or two minor injuries that the guys both returned to the game. So, so after all that hoopla from the Thursday well, yeah. night games, it's it's just one of those things where it's very it's become very. And this is why I'm kind of hesitant. Why? Yeah, I agree. I don't think Thursday night games are good. They should try to find a way to do something else with the Thursday night games. After the bye week, it's easy. Yeah, but regardless of that, it's 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 the Thursday night injury thing is a huge double standard because guys get hurt playing football. We talked about the Saints. There was four or five guys hurt in the Saints Redskins game that are out for the year. They were on full week's rest. Like what's so? Right. No one says anything about that. But whenever it happens on Thursday night, it's the biggest deal in the world. But when no injuries happen on Thursday night, it's no one talks about yeah, it. Yeah, no one says, "Oh, that Thursday night game, no injuries <laughs> this week. That was big." We talk about it. I know, but it's so it, obviously it's and it's nothing that's it's never going to be talked about uh, when there's no injuries in the Thursday night game like that. But next week, or maybe Thanksgiving, it's a bad example. But the week after, or even if somebody guy some some guys get hurt on Thanksgiving, um, everyone counts say, "Oh, Thursday night." can't play on thursday night so at least the one thing is and this is kind of like they did this secretly I, well, not secretly but they didn't say they came out and doing it so the last two years they've had they've taken two teams that play on thanksgiving and played them on thursday night the following week so to give them so, a full week yes yeah so at least there's one week where the teams are on at least one week where both teams are on full rest for thursday night so obviously if you're wait but why wouldn't you just make them play on sunday because then the teams who are playing on Thursday are playing on short rest. No, I'm not saying like the the Thanksgiving games then play that next sun that that upcoming Sunday. Like, why wouldn't it just be like a normal Thursday night game where you just play the following Sunday? No, it it is. I'm saying the two of the six teams that are playing on Thanksgiving yeah. play the following Thursday night. Oh, okay. So and so there's so the next the Thursday after Thanksgiving. So instead of having the longer rest, yes. it's the yes. same yes. week. Yeah. yeah. So the following Thursday night game is the Cowboys Redskins. So they're both. They couldn't it. have changed that. No, but they're doing it so the th- the Thursday after Thanksgiving isn't two teams playing on short rest. It's two teams playing on a week's rest. I see what you're saying. But they didn't come out and say we're uh, doing. I this. get it now. But it, if they have the foresight to think, okay. This Thursday night thing, we have one week where we can double up right. and they have full rest. Well, let's make sure we do this. Mm-hmm. So if they're thinking ahead of time enough to do that, obviously they know it's not the best thing. I to guarantee be putting... you next season they're going to have something different in place for the Thursday night games. It's the... Oh, just in general? Yeah, just a yeah. different system for them. Yeah, I, I think – Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I, I, so I didn't – it took me a second to process what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. But – the, the NFL knows that they shouldn't be playing on four days rest because when they have the opportunity to make sure it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But they just don't come out and say it and hope no one notices like everything else that they do. But, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. But they can play it off as the the cable companies don't want it, whatever, the ratings are down, they're not going to get a good TV package. I, can, I, I'm going to be honest. From a, a spectator position, I, think they can like, spin it. I'll, I always watch the Thursday night games. Yeah, so do I. Because it's the only thing on. Yeah, like what else is on Thursday? I know. No, I watch. I, I I watch it too. I mean, I don't. I haven't been locked. As I said, I haven't. I don't think I've been as locked in this year. Um, and also, the Thursday night games are the Thursday night games are hard. They're, it's basically you're you need to pick the fifth. You're trying to pick the fifth best matchup of the week, and you need every team to have a primetime game. 
So it's like you need to work this into the schedule where, okay, so we don't want to put the Browns on Sunday or Monday. They have, like, night. algorithms that come up with this stuff. I know, but you – It's not some, like, minion just being, like, oh, like with a little, like – dartboard or something no but basically yes they have an algorithm for the schedule but then once the schedule comes out you need to pick what game every week goes on goes on the in the prime time slots so when you get down to like the fifth or sixth best game every week then those are the games that come on thursday night a lot of times you get some duds which i mean you're, it's unavoidable unless you just start flexing every single week which i i i think could be an could be an option um like flexing your muscles or Yes, yeah. Whoever flexes their muscles the biggest gets gets an extra bye week. Okay. Um, no, so Sunday night has starting in like the middle of the season. They can flex out. So the Giants and 49ers game that was last weekend was originally at the beginning of the year supposed to be the Sunday night game that week. And obviously – They're like they stink. A couple of weeks into the season, the 49ers were 0-5 and the Giants were 1-4. They're like, I can't have this. So they moved the Broncos, uh, Patriots. So they have the ability, but only Sunday night has the ability to flex in and out. So I think eventually, with with the TV contracts and everything, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they start saying we can flex every game anytime. Now let's not, not wait till the end of the year and let's only flex Sunday night games, right? Uh, with some caveats that where you can't play more than once on Thursday night. But hopefully, if there is no more Thursday night, then. You can just flex whatever your game into Sunday night, whatever two games you want into your Monday night doubleheader, and you can make it work that way. But I, I guarantee know. you there's going to be a change. Because to, to me, it's like, why wouldn't the NFL do everything possible to give people reasons not to complain? Like, or not to, don't give people reasons to question them or whatever. Because if they, and to me, this is the biggest reason why Thursday night will stay until the next CBA is whether they want to or not if they keep it till the next CBA they can use it as something that a leverage point yes. yeah. where the owners can get, say to the players yeah sure you we're going to uh... yeah we're going to we're going to give you or we're going to stop Thursday night games this is one of the things we're giving you when right. uh, like at the same time they could probably I mean, if they're not getting as big as they could maybe they know okay we're going to get a bigger deal if we play two Monday night games but if they wait if they do it this year on their own, they're losing a bargaining chip that they could have if they wait three years to do it. But Smart. I, I, but like you said, I don't know. I, I, no, it makes sense to me. Uh, all right, we, we all good with this week, Josh? Yeah, we're good to go. I think that was a solid conversation we just had. Uh, thank you, everyone, for uh, for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, please, Thanksgiving, watch some football, and uh, we'll post some picks from a uh, big Sunday night game this week. Yeah, bring the camera. It's going to be good. All right, see you guys.